This podcast is made possible by Host Analytics and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Peter Mitchell, CFO of Core Mining, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 290. As a finance leader, are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode, we thought it was time to expose that one trait that our CFO thought leaders most have in common. Any guesses? Well, it's their work ethic. In fact, when we asked our guests to name a personal habit they believe has most helped them, to achieve professional success, the most common answer is hard work. Now, I don't know about you, but I've always found that answer a little too pat, a little too trite. So what I thought we'd share with you today are some of the responses that emphasized hard work, but also revealed a little more about the work ethic. We begin after these words from our sponsor. It's no secret finance professionals are dealing with some pretty complex problems these days. Now more than ever, they need tools that can help them streamline complex workflows and focus on bigger strategic issues. By bringing your finance organization together on a single cloud platform, Host Analytics automates everyday processes that would otherwise slow you down. By streamlining your planning, modeling, consolidation, reporting, and analytics, Host helps you connect your organization so you can react more quickly to changing conditions and make better business decisions to optimize performance. Let Host Analytics be your partner in leading the evolution of your business. Hello, finance thought leaders. Now, the approach I'd like to take Uh, with this episode is to first share with you a clip of the finance leader sort of discussing uh, aspects of their job today or the role they play and it might touch on their leadership and then a second clip of where they are talking actually about their work ethic. Um, Now I'll be popping up in between the two so never fear You'll, you'll be hearing a lot from me this episode. Um, but our first finance leader is Marty Ostermiller, CFO of HireVue, which is really uh, it's an interesting human capital company today. It has a rather uh, cutting-edge uh, solution for hiring. Uh, but let's begin with Marty. And again, this is Marty Ostermiller, CFO of HireVue. One of the, the big experiences that, that I wanted to uh, have in my career was to, to – to really focus in on finance. In my in my past role, I had been more involved in operations. This job at HireVue is all about finance and building out that function that's going to allow us to get to the stage where we can take the company public. And there's so much for us to learn along the way in doing that. We've got to, you know, in so many different ways, we need to scale the business. We need to scale the way that we um, we capture data. We need to scale the way that we can we we publish that data and, and help the business consume that data. So for for me, this opportunity at HireVue to 
be part of, of, of a finance function that in itself is, is, is a very exciting role. Um, I, I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunity and, and feel like we've put together an amazing team that, that is going to help us get to that next step. Okay, so I think we can get a sense of Marty's passion for the job, and you'd get a sense that there's a lot going on inside this growing company today. So Marty mentions uh, the workload a few times during the course of our discussion, but here's where his answer, I felt, reveals something far larger about his work ethic. I can't just focus on on business and hope that that's going to that I'm going to be a superstar. I'm not because I'm going to get out of balance and I've watched people do that throughout my career and I I just know is when things get really tough make sure I focus on on getting getting to the gym in the morning. Make sure that I kiss my kids on the way out the door and my wife and when I get to work, work my buns off. And that is what gives me the energy to do it. Last night, flying home from, from New York City, I had, I had just come off probably 25 meetings and was exhausted. And the last thing I wanted to do was open my computer and sit down and work. But I, you know, I had to make the conscious choice to get a bunch of work done because I knew it was going to drip into the weekend um, and I wasn't going to be able to spend the time that I wanted with my kids this weekend. I'm going to Boston next week, so I'm not going to get to see them. So I worked my tail off on the plane and this weekend has a, has a lot more opening to, to get that great family time in. Our next CFO is Craig Keebler of the Script Companies. Now here, uh, Craig provides a very memorable, condensed version of his career path upward into the CFO office. I uh, spent the first years of my career in public accounting in, in small and regional firms, the kind of firms where you might audit on Monday, do a tax return on Tuesday, and help a client solve a business problem on Wednesday. And quite frankly, that breadth appealed to me. So I eventually left public accounting, went to work for an audit client of mine that had some uh, had some financial difficulties. The, the board insisted that the CEO bring on uh, bring on someone like me uh, to build some proper disciplines, some proper internal controls, much better planning. And, and uh, since then, I've just taken increasing roles of responsibility in larger organizations, working my way up from controller, corporate controller. And then I came here in 2006 uh, to become the CFO. And it's a very interesting uh, pattern what we did here. This company is owned by a private equity firm in Chicago that uh, invests specifically in healthcare companies. And we identified that this complementary and alternative medicine uh, market is very underserved. It's very fragmented. So on the same day in 2006, we acquired the leading distributor of chiropractic supplies and equipment and the leading distributor of massage therapy supplies and equipment. We literally went from having two employees, the CEO and myself, to having 100 employees in two locations in two states and none of the infrastructure that, that a company of that combined size should really have. If you have somehow lost your footing on the finance leadership path, I think Cray's next comments may serve you well as far as how to land back on that path. And, of course, 
hard work is part of his prescription. I've worked hard to learn the whole business. Uh, you know, there there have been times in my career where, and I would give this advice to other folks too who who aspire to 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 have these opportunities. Uh, pick up corporate orphans. I I have picked up neglected departments, neglected functions, at times neglected uh, customers, and 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 uh, no one assigned them to me. I I took them or I volunteered. And that was noticed. And like I said, sometimes it got better, sometimes it got worse. But in general, we've made a lot of progress. So I, I, I tell people coming after me, you have to be involved in the business. And on day one, maybe no one gives that to you. So find something that's undermanaged, fix it, um, then report the results. You'll be amazed at what happens. I mean, my, my personal habits are no secrets. They, they, are, they, are, what, they, are, they are what people do, right? I, you, you have to work hard. There's simply no excuse for that. Learn the whole business, walk around, ask questions, find out what people do. You learn every number in the business because you don't know anything about the business if you don't know the numbers. Treat everybody with courtesy, even even when they uh, they may not deserve it. And um, and frankly, just just lead. Take a position, fight for that position when it makes sense. And here's the thing that's really hard: concede that position. When it doesn't make sense, you are going to be wrong sometimes. I'd rather make a decision and be wrong, but then I got to be big enough to admit it. And that's a challenge for all of us, but it's what you got to do. Some of you might recall we had Mark Boothman, CFO Emeritus of Kimberly Clark, on the podcast last fall. He shared uh, quite a few wonderful uh, short tales with us, and I thought I'd key up one of those for you now regarding the, uh, the boardroom. Uh, and then we'll have uh, some comments he made regarding worth ethic. Here's Mark. Uh, maybe another story that uh, had to do with sort of stepping up to bigger uh, responsibilities uh, was my very first board presentation. Uh, we, I was working for uh, the CFO at the time. Uh, it was a development opportunity for me and uh, our CEO, a guy named Wayne Sanders, uh, Wayne was a terrific speaker, uh, a great leader, great mentor and developer. He pulled me into his office and he said, uh, Mark, you know the key to to uh, being uh, effective in front of the board? And I said, well, Wayne, I've never done it before, so no, I don't. He said, well, don't be boring. And uh, so I thought a little bit and I said, Wayne, I'm not exactly sure what your, <laughs> what your coaching is. And uh, he said, the key to the board, you have to remember they're not operating the business. They operate at a high level. So your rhythm in going through the presentation is one, two, move on to the next slide. One, two, move on to the next slide. As a finance leader, your instincts are going to be to give them all the facts. And it's really important when you're in the board to think about what are the two or three things that you want them to remember? Two or three, not 10 or 12. Mark also has a, a philosophy about hard work, and here he'll explain how to succeed. He feels you really need to achieve a, t a type of alignment, and uh, I'll let him provide the details here to us. And, and uh, it boils down to working hard and being nice. And so I have a sign in my office that says, work hard and be nice. And 
And it doesn't mean necessarily hours in the day, but I, I think the two elements are you got to put forth your very best effort, um, your very best uh, business performance, no matter what project you're faced with. Um, and it means your best effort in developing yourself and trying to improve the impact that you have on an organization and the people around you. So that's when I say work hard, I mean, bring in your very best effort. And being nice is about doing the right thing. Um, I have many examples uh, of it's easy when you're accelerating someone's uh, career through an organization, but you can be nice and tell someone that they no longer have a role to play in your organization and bring in a perspective that you're doing things that is in the organization's best interest. Uh, and always coming at things uh, with a genuine desire to make an organization or to make people to make people better and to to bring out their best. I think the combination of those two things are things that I've uh, always tried to live by and and tried to uh, live up to over my career. Kathy Crusco is today the chief financial officer of Epicor Software. She's had a number of tours of duty as a CFO and was also vice president of finance for Polycom. In this first clip, she looks back at a few of the experiences she believes helped prepare her for a CFO role. Was Once I left public accounting and went into industry, I was typically in pure accounting roles. And at Polycom, the CFO approached me after I had been the chief accounting officer for a couple of years and said to me, you've got the accounting side down cold. There's you know, nothing that I don't think you could do in that side of the role. But now I'd like you to move into and prove to me that you can uh, do the finance and strategic side of the business. And so I took him, um, his advice and took him at his word and I moved into the VP of finance role and did strategic investments and financial planning and analysis. And what I found there was being able to see all sides of the finance world from planning to execution to the accounting of the transaction really made for a more valuable experience for me and a better finance leader for me. Similar to Mark Boothman, uh, Kathy Krusko also has a type of philosophy when it comes to getting work done. Here's Kathy. Oh, two things, I think. Um, one, and I learned this very early on when I was in public accounting, that you treat everyone, no matter what their position in the company is, with respect and professionalism. And sometimes assistants can get things done that other people can't at much higher levels. And if you don't have their support, your job could be much, much harder. And two, it's really about being responsive. So I respond right away to email and voicemails, even if it's to say that I need to look into it and then I give them a time frame in terms of when I'll get back to them and then doing what I say I'm going to do in terms of getting back to them in that in the time frame that I committed to. And I find that those two things um, really go a long way to uh, to making people want to work with you and being supportive of you in a, in a bigger role.
Some of you might recall we spoke with Stefan Parrott, CFO of KCG Holdings, a number of episodes ago. And uh, we were struck by how his past work experience in education was somewhat uh, varied uh, compared to uh, more traditional CFOs. So here again uh, is how he quickly uh, explained why this has been something of an advantage for him. The intersection of, you can think of it as like a Venn diagram of overlapping circles, the intersection of different capabilities and experiences provides unique opportunities. And so to, for me, the, it's been in my, in my career, um, I think that I have found that if if you have a diverse skill set as opposed to a very narrow skill set, it's a little uh, riskier in the sense of you don't have a well-defined career track, but it opens up a lot of other unexpected opportunities. Okay, so I was drawn back to this interview with Stefan largely because of the comments you're about to hear. Uh, which are really spot on for our episode, for this episode on work ethic. Here's Stefan again. I I would say that goes to um, just hard work. And, um, you know, for me, my just personally, as you said, I was in upstate New York and my dad and, and his boyhood friend started a little construction company. We had no income for, I don't know how many years. It was tough, and and uh, um, the kids. We had to work at the company on summers and uh, vacations and so on. And and my sister filed. My brother and I laid pipe and poured concrete and and uh, things like that. Shoveled ditches and 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 our dad was demanding, and um, and we learned at a young age to work hard. And what we saw as we as we grew up, and uh, my dad and his partner became successful, we you know we learned the lesson um, by watching it daily that his hard work, their hard work, over many years led to a very successful company. That uh, my my brother's still part of the management team, so um, so that that's that is. Uh, in the end, you know, I, it takes a lot of things, right, to to treat people well and and to communicate. But in the end, if my, you know, my experience is, if you're not working hard, you're not going to move the ball down the field. So, thought leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have one more CFO commenting on their work ethic philosophy for you right after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive 
consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Okay, our final finance leader for this episode is Chris LaFont, CFO of Interlinks Corporation. Now, Chris served as CFO of Gartner in the past, the large IT analyst and data firm. Uh, he mentions Gartner in this clip as he reflects back on the career ladder he climbed uh, within that organization and one of his earlier tours of duty. Here's Chris. Because at a point in time when I was at Gartner, um, we were moving a big part of our organization out of corporate headquarters and into a remote location, and we were moving a lot of the finance function. And I put my hand up and said, you know, I'd be interested in, in helping make that successful. And at the time, I reported directly to the president of the company. I was uh, a financial planning uh, leader working with the with the, the president on all of his direct reports and so engaging at the most senior levels of the company. And I put my hand up and said, sure, I'll come down to, you know, to uh, this organization that we're building uh, away from our headquarters and, and take the assistant controller role. So go from reporting to the president of the company to reporting, you know, two or three layers deep. Lots of people said, Chris, that is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm not sure why you would ever think about taking that kind of demotion. And people were calling it a demotion. Well, I stepped back and I had a really thoughtful reason why I did that. I knew two things. One, for me to advance further in the finance career, I really needed to learn the controllership side of the business. I needed to learn, you know, that aspect of the business that I did not have in my background. And it would really be a broadening experience. And and as I went through that, it absolutely was. It broadened me. It gave me an understanding of things that I had not developed a firm you know, a really full understanding of, and it and it allowed me to step outside my comfort zone and, and step into the controller side from the financial planning side. It also helped me really learn how to build a team, right? When you're starting up a new organization away from headquarters in a new place, hiring a whole new team, you know, a very few people relocated. So 80% of the people were new. So I spent a lot of time thinking about how do you make that team work, learned some things, made some mistakes and learned from that but also learned about communication and education, right? How are you going to talk about the business? How do you talk about your organization as you're building this team and trying to build something new for the company? So I think that experience was another, you know, experience for me that was a, was a huge milestone. Finally, in addition to mentioning hard work, Chris LaFon shares a personal habit he says he's turned into an advantage over the years. Here's Chris. You know, I think from a habit perspective, I habitually focus on prioritization, whether it's in my personal life, whether it's at work, you know, every single day I come in and go, what, what, if I don't get this done today, what is that thing? And if I do these 20 other, am I still going to be disappointed in this day? So it's not about the volume of things. It's, it's really about prioritization and, and staying completely focused and aligned with whether it's my personal objectives, whether it's our business objectives. So I think that prioritization alignment are habits that for me have, have proven to be very successful. Okay, well, you've heard from six different finance leaders in this episode, each one exploring their work ethic with us and supplying a number of work management pointers along the way. Hope you found this valuable. Thank you, as always, for listening.
Hi, it's Jack Sweeney with a quick note that CFO Thought Leader now has a quarterly print magazine. That's right, print. Each issue will profile 25 different CFOs. Let me repeat that, 25 CFOs. Other uh, print publications are lucky if they're able to bring you five CFOs per issue. What we understand is that you want to consume content in multiple ways. But wait a minute, there's something more here. We wanted this print magazine to be a podcast companion. So when you receive it, we want you to quickly thumb through it and maybe identify which episodes you have missed. We want you to dog ear those pages, as well as uh, perhaps the pages that feature CFOs from episodes you already listened to but found maybe a little extra value from. 12 months later, you will have a library of 100 CFO profiles highlighted with your insights or comments alongside the CFO thought leaders. Now, how much are we charging for this one-of-a-kind 100 CFO profile library? Annual subscriptions are $119. We think that's reasonable. We thought about it a little bit, but that's, that's what we came up with. Uh, visit us and subscribe to CFO Thought Leader magazine at cfothoughtleader.com, where the future of finance is listening.